welcome to Unnecessary Angst. (laughs) The podcast, which we still, on episode seven, can't do our intro right ever. (laughs) But that's okay. It's just me. It's just me. You do great, Julia. It's fine. (laughs) Need a lot of support right now. A lot of mental and emotional support as we go through November. Oh, gosh. So, Julia, how are how are you doing this week? How are you feeling? Well, I am very tired. <laughs> I've had a lot of assignments due. I'm supposed to be on my vacation week from school, but guess what? I'm just doing more assignments. So, so much for that. I literally have not done anything. I mean, I've done all of my assignments, but, like, I haven't done anything interesting the past couple weeks, like, at all. There's nothing going on in my life aside from schoolwork, which really sucks. Um, I'm following, following, falling more and more into the uh, Among Us black hole, which is not helping my sleep schedule, but, like, it helps me de-stress, so. That's fair. That's it. How about you? Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, this week was rough, but we are getting to a better place, both nationally, um, and (laughs) me personally, just feeling a lot better about the world this weekend. I also had the urge to play a lot of Pokemon this weekend, so, like, I've hardcore just been working on completing my Pokédex. In Pokemon Shield. Um, I probably added at least 50 new Pokemon to my Pokedex this weekend. So it's it's been a productive weekend for me. That's the only thing I did this weekend. So, other than editing our first episode of this podcast to be released on Wednesday, which now I can add podcast editor to my resume. Yes, thank you for doing that. You are too kind. I mean... The people don't need all of our random tangents, so it's probably for the best. We definitely will have to release a blooper episode at some point of all of the random stuff that we've talked about that has nothing to do with anything that we I cut for time. It's, but, like, probably going to be 75% me, but it's okay. <laughs> I just go off on different topics. We actually talk about that in our first episode, but you're like, I'm so sorry, I tangent. And I'm like, Julia, we both tangent. And you're like, no, but I'm worse at it. I'm going to prove it. You clearly have a mission with this podcast, and it's to prove that you are the queen of tangents. And you know what? I'll let you have it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the week's good. I'm, I'm closing on my house this upcoming week. Yeah. So I will. Hopefully, by the next time we record, I will be a homeowner. Oh my god! I don't even. I've never even rented my own apartment, and here you are, a homeowner. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but I'll try and figure it out as I go. I guess. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Well, congratulations when you close on it. I guess should be the better, better thing. Well, yeah. So next time we. Um, record an episode, which if we do end up doing one midweek, uh, we're gonna have to get champagne for our recording so that we can, uh, drink some champagne to celebrate me being a homeowner. Oh, well, I am drinking Prosecco, so I am 
prematurely, I guess. <laughs> Congratulating you. Nice. Very nice. I'm drinking bourbon again. <laughs> God. You have a problem with bourbon. Not a real problem. Uh, I just... That means, like... It's what? not a real it's not a real problem. It's um there was just a little bit left in the bottle that I had, so I just decided to finish the bottle so I could use one of my Death Star ice cubes. Oh, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> I'm a I nerd. Feel like that's the only reason that you're getting into this is because you want to use your fancy ice cube mold. It's accurate. It's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> I did put some Angostura bitters in it, so it's, like, almost an old-fashioned. Yeah. But not quite. Okay. But it's fine. All right. So, this week we're talking about chapters 15 and 16 of The Concealed. Um, So, we're finally to the point where we're only talking about two chapters instead of three um, every week, which is, I think, nice because three chapters was a lot to go through every week though a lot happens in chapter 15 while simultaneously nothing happens in chapter chapter 15 this Uh week so it was a lot of pages for absolutely nothing (laughs) we did get some good backstory on like nimue and merlin though so like that's that's useful um i guess but yeah it's mostly nothing it's like all backstory and just like random dialogue that doesn't help with anything um, so on that note, why don't we just jump into it, Julia? You want to give oh us God. a synopsis of chapter oh 15? So much pressure. So we begin the chapter, um, a knot with her waking up, which, big deal, right? So it's the end of the day, and Evelyn is back in her room, and she is answering a call from Sally. Um, and she, Sally tells Evelyn that she's going to be going back to class tomorrow, which, yay. And Evelyn tells her about Jared. They have a little chick fest where they're like, ooh, ooh, and yeah. Um, (laughs) that's just how I imagine it in my head. (laughs) I support that. Uh, Um, and then, yay, finally, the next page, she goes to bed so that we can start the chapter properly (laughs) with her waking up. Like, because we can't have a chapter with her not waking up. So it's the next page, she wakes up, it's the next day, and she gets a, she sees that she missed a text from Jared, which was saying goodnight, and now she has a morning text from him saying that he's outside waiting for her, which we'll get into later. <laughs> and so she goes to class, and then um, the new crew, which consists of her, Sally, Colin, Jared, have a lunch together, which, much better crew than the other one. Um, and Sally, (laughs) Sally lets them know one of their classes is canceled, so they have a free afternoon, and Jared asks if she wants to do something after class, but will not tell her what, and I believe Evelyn was thinking that, oh, maybe Sally wouldn't want to hear about it, which is why he didn't tell her in front of Sally. Um, and they go to her dorm to drop off her bag, Jared gets, uh, (laughs) uh, Polarity and looks at her pictures and comments on her family and Zara, her sister. And he notices the necklace of the picture um, and tells her that it isn't just a necklace. It is a magical necklace. And that, according to legend, Merlin made it for Nimue to cast a, perspe- and cast a per- 
protective spell on it. I can't talk tonight. It's okay. Um, <laughs> this is so hard. Um, we learn that it has been protecting Evelyn since she was little and that Madison knew its power, hence why she ripped it off of her in that pool a few chapters back. Um, and that Madison has gone missing since stealing the amulet. Mystery. (laughs) Mystery. So they go talk to Karen Mayflower and let her know that it was stolen and that, and they ask how Evelyn got the necklace and she explains and Karen says that they have a council meeting. They need to have a council meeting immediately. And Jared apologizes that he can't actually hang out with Evelyn, that he ruined the day, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it's fine. But she's secretly but she's not so fine. angry at him. <laughs> she's like, they keep taking everything from me. She like flips out yeah. in her brain. Oh, Evelyn. Um, so now that Evelyn, and of course Evelyn can't go to the council meeting. So now she is on her own again. So she calls Ruth and goes over for tea how very british i know um and basically spills absolutely everything that she has learned in the past few days to ruth (laughs) um and starts asking more questions about nimue and ruth basically explains that nimue left avalon to live as a mortal woman with merlin until his duty to arthur was fulfilled um but before they could go back to avalon together um Morgana blackmailed Nimue because she wanted Merlin's magic, and he gave his life to save her. Morgan, 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 <laughs> our good friend Morgan. <laughs> Imagine how worse these tales would have been if she was just called Morgan. Oh, that'd be so boring. <laughs> um, Morgana then took over. Yeah, Morgana then took over Avalon, so Nimue never found her way back and lived a mortal life and had a mortal family. Nimue had to become mortal because her magic is tied to Avalon, so it's probably still there, or I believe as Ruth says, it might be at a tree or a rock, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Casual. Um, unless, unless Morgana already got to it. Um, and Evelyn asks Ruth if she thinks it's possible Nimue's line might still be active, but um, hasn't yet said that she is suspecting she might be descended from it. Um, and then... They talk a little bit more about Jared. Oh, and Ruth says that, yes, it, it's possible, but who knows. Um, and so they talk a little bit about Jared a bit more. Ruth is asking, like, how, how it's going. Um, and then gives this book on Nimue to Evelyn when she's leaving and tells her to return soon. So just one thing. I have to say it first. <laughs> Before, I know it's, like, commentary, but, like, Evelyn blabs all of this stuff about everyone else. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, no, but I'm going to draw the line at talking about my own descendancy. Yeah, like, girl. (laughs) So you're outing your boyfriend, who you supposedly (laughs) love, and telling a stranger who has not been indicted or cleared to know this information. But you can't, you don't trust her enough to tell her about yourself. Like, great relationship skills there, Evelyn. Goodness gracious. I, and like, hasn't she been told, like, don't talk about this to other people? And she's out here like, woo! <laughs> yeah, exactly! <laughs> and, and she's, like, rationalizing it in her brain, because she's like, well, Ruth already guessed that all of that other stuff is true, so, like, I'm not telling it's her anything fine. new. 
Oh God! Uh, anyway, we'll talk I'm about s- that more though. Yeah, but, like, I'm sorry. I just had to say something. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Jared calls after Ruth. Um, Jared calls Evelyn to give her an update on the council meeting, and Madison's mom has been suspended for a conflict of interest. So Jared is trying to find Colin to replace her. Evelyn promises she will call Sally to try and find him, so it can get resolved sooner. Um, and Evelyn calls Sally seven times until she picks up. And what is with all of these characters calling so many times? I don't get this. Don't they know how to um, send a text? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and relays the message um, to call Jared. And then we found out that they slept together. That's why it took seven um, times. Evelyn goes and grabs the book from... <laughs> yep. Evelyn goes and grabs the book from Ruth and starts to skim um, the book and sees illustrations of Avalon and then freezes when she sees a picture of her necklace with an old poem. Hidden from misfortune's watchful glance, this jewel shall guard my heart for it is yours. She keeps flipping and finds a prophecy, seemingly the one that was mentioned earlier, and she tries to assess what the prophecy could mean and why everyone is freaking out. Then Jared calls, and she decides to not tell him that she has read this prophecy in case she is overreacting, which she is known to do anyway, so I don't blame her. <laughs> and he asks if she wants to go get drinks with Colin and Sally, which she agrees. Um, he picks her up, greets her with a kiss, and gives her a helmet for that Ducati. Woohoo! <laughs> Let's go! Um, and we get confirmation that he prefers her hair down, which, like, this is a whole thing. I don't, like, we'll talk about this anyway. <laughs> Do you like how I'm putting commentary in all of this? Because it's so annoying, and I agree. (laughs) I mean, listen, it was a whole saga, and we finally got a conclusion. I was waiting to know whether or not he preferred it that way, so I'm glad we got confirmation. (laughs) So they meet um, the the two, Sally and Colin, at the bar and find a table. Evelyn asks Jared if he was there at the bar the last time they were playing pool, and he said he was. Um, and, like, wait, I'm, like, really confused, because I thought that that was confirmed, and, like, why was she asking him? I know that this is also commentary, but, like, this is why this chapter confused me. (laughs) So, I think she got, like, a kind of vague confirmation that he was there from Colin, um, but she never got it from Jared's, like, from the horse's mouth as to, like, why he left, because he was, like, there. Uh. They made eye contact, the lights went out, and then he disappeared. Um, so she was just oh, like... that's it. Yeah, right. I thought that that was confirmed. Okay, just kidding. So she was just like, what was up with that? Were you actually there? Why'd you leave? And he was like, I can't control myself around uh, you, so I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Yeah, anyway, so that happens. <laughs> They all toast, and they all go around talking about what the heck they're going to toast, which takes forever. And then someone else is like, let's just toast to Manchester United. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> okay. Um, so they toast to a love that outlasts death, which, how did we get from Manchester United to there? I don't know. but No, that happened. Manchester United's what it ended with. So, like, oh, sorry. Okay. Colin makes, like, a nice toast. Sally makes a nice toast. And then Jared's just like to a love 
that outlasts a death. And then a drunk guy who's yeah, no... He really brought the mood down. He did. And then a drunk guy who has nothing to do with their party is just like, Man, you! <laughs> Eventually he t- <laughs> Eventually Jared takes Evelyn home and she sleeps very peacefully. And the next morning he picks her up again and they make out. And he freaks out that he's losing control with her and they're driving each other crazy. Oh my god. It's very repetitive. <laughs> she then eventually goes to class with Colin and they compare feelings on being descended from famous figures, which completely relatable. Um, and then Aiden shows up, Karen Mayflower's son, um, and Colin elbows him so he doesn't make faces, which like, are we two? <laughs> yes. College boys? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Uh, so Evelyn turns around and there's Felix, which I was wondering when he was going to come back in. He apologizes and is just super beat up and Colin tells him to keep moving and lets Evelyn know that if he gets any near any girl, something bad will happen, which good good on Colin. And that he is under constant su- observation, supervision. <laughs> um, Evelyn is still trying to decide if she wants to report him or not, but thinks he may be suffering enough as is, which whatever but i think you should report it definitely report it (laughs) anyway um (laughs) after class jared asks if she wants to hang out and she tells him no because she needs to work on an essay so proud of her in this one moment (laughs) but agrees to hang out with him the next day she then gets in her head about (laughs) about their bond again i love the way this is put their bond and asks jared to think about whether he is in love with her because of the bond or because of her and he turns that back around on her and they both agree that it doesn't matter what matters is that they are together now and that their love is real and they admit they dream of each other a lot the end I'm just <laughs> <laughs> the end of chapter 15 it is the end of chapter 15 and then chapter 16 short short chapter that goes way off the rails i don't even know how to explain good luck we'll just get into it yeah it's gonna be really fun um so jared and evelyn go to dinner downtown she tries to pay for dinner um but he doesn't let her because chivalry ain't dead i guess they walk along the thames and evelyn has a another self-depreciation session commenting um on how shitty she looks next to jared and her lack of experience with boys is freaking her out a ton and she's just this is all going on in her in her head but obviously she's giving off a lot of anxious energy so that seeps into jared's ability to read her aura so he gets really anxious and he's like what's wrong but she doesn't say anything and then, out of nowhere, she asks why Madison is such a bitch to anyone that comes near him. And Jared is like, yeah, well, it's probably from that time that I slept with her. But it didn't mean anything. And now she thinks she's in love with me. But she's clearly wrong. Um, and then he also admits that he's had sex with multiple people, but doesn't know the exact number. Um, and reminds Evelyn that was all before she met him. And besides, she has her own life too, and he's not asking her questions. And then he realizes that she actually has no sexual experience or dating experience whatsoever. And so she gets huffy and storms away into her dorm building, but he follows her because he's not about to let this go. Um... 
And then out of nowhere, they just start making out in the hallway. So I guess their fight is over. <laughs> I don't know why, but sure. Um, and she invites him upstairs because she's horny. Really, that's the only reason. I don't have a better way to say it. <laughs> she just doesn't realize that's the reason, but that's why she's doing it. And he says no because he doesn't want it to be tainted by their conversation. And he wants their first time to be really special. <sighs> but he makes sure to let her know how hard it is for him to leave. And I put that in quotes because he definitely, like, presses up against her so she can feel his erection. And it's, like... And it was worded very carefully, but I was, like, whoa. <laughs> we all knew. Because <laughs> she basically says, I feel how much he wants to be with me. And we're, like, yeah, we all know what oh you mean God. by that, Evelyn. <laughs> we're not new here. <laughs> this is a very sexual young adult book. It's fine. Anyway, so Evelyn goes upstairs, and she's just, like, buzzing from their kiss. Like, she's so happy. Um, and then she goes into her room, and immediately something's off. Like, she knows something's wrong. She smells rotting flesh, which it's, like, huge jump from where we just were. Um, and she tries to jump for the door, but whatever is in her room grabs her ankle and pulls her back it's apparent, according to her description, a mottled, burnt, and pus-filled creature in a black robe who attacks her, and it's so disgusting that Evelyn almost vomits. So that's really fun. Um, it smiles at her, noting it's been waiting for her in her room for a long time, and Evelyn tries to fight it. It pulls her back down. She knees it in the groin and goes towards the door again, but it pulls her back by her hair so hard it almost breaks her neck. Then the room starts quaking, and of course Jared's there to save the day. He launches himself at the creature and orders Evelyn into the hallway. Evelyn's panicking in the hallway, and then she realizes she's breathing in smoke because there's a fire in her room, which I guess Jared magically started. We don't really know yet. Um, and she doesn't realize she's inhaling pure smoke until she's doubled over and choking, but somehow Jared manages to clear the air and get her outside, and then he uses his magic to put her to sleep. End of chapter. Wow. <laughs> so we just do a full 180 and go back into, like, those crazy action sequences out of nowhere. It's, like, romance and then rotten corpse attacking you. In one chapter. All at once. I. And it's only, like, five pages long, so it was really whiplash. I can't, I can't, I can't with, uh, oh my okay. god. I'm holding back right now. We have a lot of thoughts, I'm sure. Yes. Do you want to begin with your thoughts on chapter 15? Um, yes, I do. So, first things first, I'm so happy we have Sally back. Yes. Same. I feel like every time that we, like, don't have a chapter with her, I'm just like, it sucks. You know what would help? Sally and Colin. <laughs> We just want more Sally and Colin all of the time. But I'm so glad she's back. Um, also, wait, so Evelyn says she missed a text from Jared saying goodnight to her. And she said it was from just after 11 the evening before. What college kid is in bed before midnight? Uh, that was me. <laughs> 
person. I would get so mad at my college roommates. They can attest to this. Like, when they were loud um, around midnight or, like, when I was going to bed, like, 11 p.m., I was that person in college that went to bed unreasonably early, and I would get pissed at my roommates for being loud, and it was very unreasonable of me, and I would like to formally apologize to my roommates. Hope you guys are all listening. We miss you. Love you guys. As the uh, fifth or sixth or whatever number not real roommate of your guys' roommate. Yeah. <laughs> you just joined us. Right. I've just been adopted by your guys' room, even yeah. though I wasn't there. It's fine. Well, I just love that, like, I still call them my roommates. And, like, I've, I'm, we haven't lived together in four years. It's true. I'm a more recent roommate. Yes, you are. <laughs> we didn't even live together when we were in school together in language schools. That's what's even funnier. Is like, I know. <laughs> I mean, I guess we spent enough time around each other. Ooh, I have the hiccups. <laughs> You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I think we're good. Amazing. Oh, my God. I hate – I never get, like, one thing of hiccups. I get them – that sucks why uh because the world hates you it does i always get hiccups like i feel like i should go to the doctor and be like hey i get hiccups a lot can you help me i feel like i read a (laughs) i feel like i read a children's book about a person about a kid that constantly had hiccups and i could not for the life of me tell you what that book was or what it was about but I just remember someone always has always had hiccups was that you taking a big breath to hold your breath what is going on I don't know the people can live with you having hiccups it's fine we'll all survive it happens to the best of us um oh go on keep talking I'll, I'll just sit here with my water okay so I, and I think you and I probably have very different views on the good morning text that Jared sends, um, but I loved this. I was like, oh, this is so nice to see a boy sending a good morning text. No one does that anymore. Also, they're coming to randomly come pick you up so you don't have to carry your own books to class. Like, that's amazing. I love that. This is why I love Jared as a fictional character, and it's one of the only moments in these two chapters that I love Jared. Yeah. No, it did not do it for me. (laughs) I know. I just, I don't know. I, like, first of all, don't like texting. Like, we've talked about this before. I hate texting. I am bad at it. Like, I don't expect anyone else to be good at it, so. And, like, getting... I'm also just not a morning person, right? Like, you have lived with me. Like, I I can't even talk to my parents. Like, I can't talk to anybody. I can't text anybody. I can't email anybody. I can't talk to anyone face-to-face. Like, the fact that somebody would send me a text when I'm waking up, and I haven't even fully woken up. I haven't had coffee. I haven't had tea. I haven't had breakfast. And they're like, hey, I'm waiting outside for you. I would be like, hell no. You can leave. (laughs) You'd toss something I, at them out your window. I would be, yeah. I would, like, sneak out my window and be like, sorry, I can't, can't come to the phone right now. Like, I cannot do it. I, I have 
absolutely cannot do it and that would annoy so much like just wait until i've woken up and had breakfast and then send me that text message and then okay maybe it would be a little bit better though to be completely fair the only sort of point of reference that jared has for how early evelyn wakes up is the fact that she came to accost him at 6.40 in the morning when he was running on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Jesus. So oh he probably thinks she's an early riser. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, she did go to bed really early, so maybe she yeah. went really early. You would think, but, but still, no. it would be so annoying to me. <laughs> but then Evelyn is not a normal person, so... Then their relationship is definitely not normal. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I figured you and I are very different yes. opinions on that. This is why I hate, like don't get along with probably 75% of guys, because I feel like most guys actually do do something like this, which is, I think, a nice gesture, but it's not me. Oh, I'm dating the wrong guys. I've never dated a guy that has done this. We, we got to switch guys over here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we like each other's guys either. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we don't even like our own guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's really true. <laughs> Anyways, um, then, so they go to, she, like, skips through all of her classes for once, and then they are having lunch with Sally and Colin. Wait, wait before wait. we oh. even get to that, okay. I just want to say that there is this incredible line on page 221. I literally put the page number down because I was like, oh, where she goes, I've still got emotions. When they're talking about, like, their psych classes being canceled or, like, what they have left, and she's like, I've still got emotions with the capital E because it's her emotion psychology class, but that's all it says is I've still got emotions with the capital E. And immediately I was like, yes, you do have a lot of emotions, Evelyn. I agree <laughs> with that line. <laughs> I want it tattooed on you. <laughs> she I does. that line in a completely different context. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Evelyn. Anyway, moving well, on. Well, I was going to say, the, the teacher that's sick that, like, their afternoon class got canceled for, it's Professor Monrose. And Monrose, Evelyn's like, I felt a wave of empathy. She was so thin and frail. I was seriously worried she might not survive the flu. And I was like, that hits too real. That hits too real right now. <laughs> Most of us aren't surviving the flu. Uh, corona. Oh, God. Yeah, it just, yeah. uh, yeah. It, it hit me pretty hard. And then, there, uh, Jared's like, yeah, I guess we can go to your room first before we, like, go on our adventure for the day. It'll give me a chance to look at it. And Evelyn's just like, I hope I didn't leave any dirty laundry out. And I'm like, Evelyn, no. <laughs> He's flirting with you. He does not care if there is, like, an extra pair of pants on your floor. Also, I'm tired of college boys and their suggestiveness. And I'm tired of Jared in this chapter and all of his, like, really overly suggestive comments. Yep. I need something more interesting to happen because that's not doing it for me. It definitely did when I was in college and I was like, ooh, yeah. (laughs) 
But now I'm just like, no, this is bad flirting. Like, let's move on. I just hate flirting in general, so. (laughs) This entire chapter was not my chapter. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of flirting. Well, and then he's like, and this is your bed. And she starts, like, having a panic attack. And I'm like, that's just a fact, Evelyn. It's your bed. There doesn't, that doesn't need to be a thing. Like, why are we making this a thing? I don't miss those days. She's got emotions. <laughs> well, that's true. She does. She does have emotions. Um, <laughs> my new line for her. <laughs> yep. And then finally they like digress to do other things. And I'm sorry. I just uh, plot wise, I'm really struggling to believe that Evelyn's mom found that necklace at a flea market. If it's this like mystical, magical amulet in my mind, I literally just see this necklace floating, like, in the air and, like, plopping itself down on this vendor stand at this flea market. <laughs> and the vendor being like, I don't remember that, but okay. 40 bucks. I'll, ch- I'll give you 40 bucks. <laughs> Take 40 bucks for it. It's truly, though. Like, that's the image in my mind. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I also wanted to know your thoughts on why you thought Madison took the necklace and where she's disappeared to. Oh, I I still remember I was so confused, like, if that was even Madison when I first read that and then it was confirmed that it was. And, like, I just think that it's out of pure jealousy. Like, she just wants to ruin her life now that she can't get her boy, which, like, I would like to think there's a deeper reason, but considering the YA book that we have been reading so far... <laughs> So I'm just assuming it's, like, romantic jealousy. But so then where do you think she's gone? Oh, she's she's off to find Morgana. She's going to ruin the world. Oh, okay. So you think she's going to, like, hook up with Morgana to try to, like, fuck over Jared? Okay. Oh, yeah. 100%. Unless, like, her mother is Morgana, and that's the conflict of interest. No! (laughs) Mother is not. I don't know. I don't know. Do you really think they'd let Morgana onto the council? (laughs) They're doing a really bad job at security, if that's the case. <laughs> Keep your enemies closer. Well, it would have been so easy for her to just have killed Jared by now then, right? Like That's true. Why would he still be alive? Let's see. What else have we got in here? Uh, I got irritated with Jared's whole emotions reading stuff in this chapter. Like, he was like, I know you feel excluded. And I'm like, you, no, you can't tell from reading someone's energy or aura that exclusion is the particular thing that they are feeling. That is not its own emotion. That is a combination of, like, sadness and loneliness and other things that you could pick up vibes on. But you can't, like, get to that nitty gritty to pick up on exclusion. Like, I don't believe you. I agree. I, yeah, I have a lot of problems with Jared in this chapter, and that is just one of them. But I do like that he calls the council straight-laced secret mongers who've got stick up, sticks up their asses. That was a fun yeah, line. Yeah, really told it to them. <laughs> it's like, how much can we say without actually using a curse word? Oh, and didn't he use a curse word in this chapter? I was like, whoa, buddy, he called Madison a bitch, and I was like, oh. Did he, or did that Evelyn? 
That might have been Evelyn. Oh, Evelyn, Evelyn cusses. She Isn't also has it? said shit multiple times. Well, she has a potty mouth. She does. That's why I love her. <laughs> She's great. I'm go- I'm gonna look for it. Keep talking. <laughs> um, and I'm then- like genuinely interested in this now. <laughs> oh, maybe I- you know what? It might be in the next chapter. I might be making this up in chapter fifteen. But I'm like pretty sure that. I thought he called her a bitch. I thought it was Evelyn, but I might be wrong. Because I just feel like it held so much weight to me. I was like, (laughs) yes, she, I mean, I don't know her, but I'm assuming that she is a bitch. You said it, not me, so. (laughs) Okay, I can't find it. I give up. We'll get to it. I probably have it highlighted. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so, like, we move on. She goes and visits Ruth. Um, I really was missing... My birthday tea party when they were talking about the scones and the clotted cream and the jam. Oh, I want to go to tea. Oh, God. Coronavirus sucks. <laughs> Coronavirus does suck. I'm really bummed that we never got to do our, like, New York tea tour before I, I moved. Yeah. We had depressing. so much planned. We had so many things planned. It's okay, though. We'll be able to do it eventually at some point in time in our life. So many comments that I had about Evelyn not sharing information with Ruth and how her, all of the information she was sharing was stressing me out. The whole description about, like, Morgana killing Merlin through his love for Nimue and using Nimue to blackmail him. I'm like, hmm, what was the blackmail? Also, is this foreshadowing? Like, what is this story? I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. Say that again. I'm still looking for the bitch. Let it go. We'll get to it. Oh my god. It must have been her. Okay, sorry. Say it again. So we learned that Morgana killed Merlin through his love for Nimue. She was after his magic, so she used Nimue to blackmail him. That's what Ruth said. And I was, like, trying to think about what Morgana could even be blackmailing Nimue for. Oh, her magic, isn't it? But how does she use Nimue's magic to blackmail her? Huh. Right, like, because normally with blackmail, it's like you're saying something or releasing something that you don't want out in the world. So, like, is blackmailing the right term or is she just threatening her? Like, what? Oh, my God. Nimue slept with Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine... I just want this to be a high school romance. <laughs> Love triangle. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I like, it's in my head, BBC Merlin, right? This love triangle. Like, Nimue loves Arthur. Arthur loves Merlin. Merlin loves Nimue. <laughs> uh, say, then they passed Excalibur back and forth in more than one way. <laughs> oh no. I wasn't even going that far. <laughs> I'm really okay. sorry. I'm it just oh, no. there's so much flirting and so many innuendos in this chapter that my brain is just hardwired for that right now. Like I can't help it. I'm sorry. These are very horny chapters. They really I'm were. so sorry to my mother who's listening to this. Hi Alice. <laughs> we're so sorry. <laughs> just skip this episode probably. It's for mm-hmm. the best. 
Um, I also kind of feel like this whole situation with, like, Morgana and Nimue and Merlin is, like, foreshadowing for the next iteration of the prophecy. Yeah. I'm really bad at guessing, as we found out, so I have no guesses. (laughs) I thought Madison didn't steal her necklace. I thought Felix was going to be a good guy. (laughs) I just really You thought Jared was a descendant of Arthur. (laughs) Oh, don't ever ask me to bet on anything. I will lose. I know, but it's really fun to hear your guesses and how wrong they are. (laughs) I'm so glad you could find some happiness in my pain. It's okay. This will happen um, when we read our next book, and I'm trying to guess stuff, and I'm completely We're going to have a roller coaster. (laughs) Um, We'll announce our next book soon. We'll we'll announce it on Twitter or something. Um, anyway, so then we learned that Morgana, like, came into Avalon and conjured up a demonic mist. So, like, did she just kill Avalon? Is Avalon still a thing? Like, what? What are your thoughts? Do we think Avalon still exists? I, okay, uh, pop culture and BB Simberlin again. (laughs) Do you remember this one episode? I do not remember what season it is, but I think, like, God, I'm trying to remember the the I'm pretty sure that this happens. So I'm not picking this up. But that like they go to this town and the entire town is like asleep or like they're like frozen or something like that. Um and, like that's what I'm I ha- the image I have in my head for this particular instance and like I don't even remember how they resolved it. Honestly, <laughs> like did they just all die? Like that's it. There's no Avalon. <laughs> That village and BBC Merlin? God. <laughs> I don't know. I have no guesses here. <laughs> <Just> okay. <family. laughs> I'm trying so hard not to make a guess. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> That's okay. It's totally no. okay. I don't even remember what happens with Avalon. I don't even think we get an answer to what happens with Avalon in this book. Like, I think that's a book oh, two so thing. why would you ask me? Because I'm just curious your thoughts. That's how conversations work, Julia. I'm so stressed right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay, something I do want to unpack a little bit more. We, so, we learned that, like, Nimue just kind of sucked it up, the fact that she had to give up her magic and be immortal and just lived out her entire mortal life and died immortal on Earth. Ruth basically was like, well, if she would have killed herself, she would have been damned and she never would have been able to be with Merlin in the afterlife. And I am very confused because from, like, a theological perspective, she's an immortal creature, which is basically like a goddess, from this mystical land that has immortal youth, that has nothing to do with the Christian, like, religion. But if she commits suicide, she wouldn't be able to be reunited with Merlin in death. So if she dies a normal mortal death, she is able to be reunited with Merlin after death. Like, is that in the Christian afterlife? Is that back on Avalon as ghosts? Like, what's happening? But you're not asking the real question. So Merlin is dead in this scenario, right? Yeah. And Nimue is alive, and that's the reason why she probably has lineage. 
But that assumes that Merlin then doesn't have lineage, because like her, she's assuming that Nimue's line, therefore, because she hasn't died, is still alive. So what happened with Merlin's line? Well, Merlin, I think, fucked a bunch of people before he oh, hooked up with Nimue. Jesus. <laughs> okay, Merlin. Getting around. I mean, if we're talking about BBC uh, Merlin, he had a cute face, so. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't see it. Well, is like his second wife, you know? Yeah. First love, you marry for power, money. Second love, you marry for... Or second wedding, you marry for love. You had it all <laughs> planned out. <laughs> Not for me. I would only ever marry for love, which means I'll probably never get married and die alone. Nope. And that's fine. <laughs> it's not real. It's just weird. Like, I don't understand if it's supposed to be lumped in with, like, Christian mythology and, like, theology or not. If it's, like, supposed to be separate or not. But you're forgetting this is a YA book. We don't have rules here. But I feel like magicians and witches aren't allowed to go to heaven. You're being too Ravenclaw right now. You're being too Ravenclaw. It was bothering me. I just want to understand. Is there, Do they get, like, their own separate afterlife with their own rules just because they were part of Avalon? Like, what? I want to know what happened. I want to know if they're together in death. It's very important to me. Uh, to love that outlasts death. Am I right? Uh, yep, exactly. I can't take these two chapters seriously. I really can't either. Also, Evelyn's like, oh, Nimue must have felt all alone in this world. I relate to her. I'm like, you literally have no life experience to relate to her with. Evelyn, you were a child and nothing bad really has happened to you. (laughs) Like, Uh... no. You cannot relate to having your magic stripped from you and watching the man you love die. That's just not... <sighs> my personal favorite line from ruth's visit right mm-hmm. so ruth is talking all of these beautiful like Nimue's magic is inseparably linked to avalon if she hadn't left her magic there avalon would have died like blah 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 like great like great tales and then she goes left it there and ruth goes maybe to a tree or a rock or something and for some reason that line had me cracking up because it's just so like like, these beautiful lines about the magic of Avalon and Nimue and everything that she does. And then, like, ah, oh, no, maybe it's at a tree or a rock. <laughs> like, where is, what? I don't know. It's just the simpleness of that that gets me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Ruth definitely 100% knows that she's descended from Nimue and is just letting her tell her. Oh, yeah, 100%. Also, like, we get told that. Like, she's like, oh, like, she probably doesn't know. And, like, we're like, yeah, okay, so now she does know. (laughs) She's like, like, oh, it was just a thought. I would, I don't know where that thought came from. And Ruth is like, "Uh uh-huh, okay, As soon as any narrator is like, oh, they don't know, like, yeah, that's the clue that we, that this person knows okay good luck (laughs) that is that is true that is true i don't understand why evelyn keeps dodging the question but whatever um oh and then she talks to jared again and 
I was literally gagging. Like, I'm sorry. What? Jared needs to not do pet names. I need a moratorium on all of Jared's pet names. I can get over him calling Evelyn babe. I'll get over it. I don't like it, but I can get over it. But he calls her his little treasure. Like, (laughs) ew. He has called her a lot of things in the past couple chapters. My treasure, my darling, my love honey blah 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 blah. honey oh my god don't get me on that again (laughs) like i'm sorry or is she a five-year-old girl or someone you want to sleep with because i need those to be mutually exclusive things jared i don't even want to (laughs) know it just was so uncomfortable like uh, i loved him so much when i was 21 and i've I'm struggling now. I still love him, but way less than I did. Oh, he is 100% on my type. <laughs> I can already... Like, I would much rather read about Colin and Sally, because I can already tell that, like, I would relate to them better. Yeah, they're much like, more relatable. super chill. Yeah. <laughs> Very Though, mature. I know myself, I would still... It's much more likely that I would date a Jared than a Colin. And you know me, and you know that is also true. (laughs) I was about to say, I will attest to that. I think that you would. Okay, so then we find out that Sally and Colin had sex. But, like, Like, literally, they pick up the phone right after. Like, they're probably both still in bed. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just, I can't. I called seven times. <laughs> and they were in Why? You could have chosen any other scenario. Why was it this one? Like, they were on a romantic stroll and they left their phones behind because they wanted to be in each other's company. Like, that would have been so much better. It would have been. Instead, this is what we got. And it catapults them into their first talk in chapter 16. So I guess it makes sense. But, like, Jesus. I mean, listen, I'm really happy for Sally and Colin. Like, good for them. <laughs> um, I was a little confused, like, when she's on the phone with Evelyn. So Sally's, like, she sounds apparently embarrassed and she says she's at home. And then Sally comes back on and then... Evelyn's like she sounded completely breathless from the wild kissing and I was like okay first off first things first Sally if you were answering the phone don't go back and kiss your boyfriend some more (laughs) while you're on the phone like let's just take a pause from that quickly also Evelyn tells them to go get a room or like thinks about telling them to go get a room Oh, yeah, she says, if the line hadn't been so old, I'd probably have told them to get a room. I'm like, that doesn't work when you're on the phone and they already have a room, Evelyn. Like, where are they supposed to go? And, like, you're interrupting them. Yeah, you're the problem. Why don't you go get a room by yourself without a phone where you can't bother people? True. Just saying. Um... But then I do also really love how, like, blunt Sally is about everything that happened. This I was is like, why I love Sally. She's like, I'm not holding back. She's like, my muscles are sore. I need a bath. <laughs> like, yes, girl. 
yes, we need more of this in female friendships and literature. Like, let's be open. Let's talk about what's going on with our bodies. It's very important. Because men get to do it all the time. Like, we need to do it more. We learn about the nymphs a little bit. The nymphs of Avalon, which the description just felt a little weird to me. They didn't really seem like nymphs. The entire end of chapter 15 was very weird. I mean, yeah. But also, we all we can definitely tell that Ruth knows who Evelyn is, because Evelyn had her necklace when she first met Ruth, so there's no way that Ruth doesn't know that she's a descendant of Nimue. Yeah, like... Also, also, what... Like, what is this saying about the amulet supposed to mean? The, like, misfortune's watchful glance? It's so vague so it's like very hard to tell like who's speaking and who's receiving like whose heart is being guarded who does it belong to who is it being hidden from i'm my the assumption is that she'll guard merlin merlin's heart yeah because it belongs to to her right that's why it's confusing well maybe merlin did his duty and like protective stuff on it and then she added something (gasps) unless this is why because you know how i was saying earlier he died and she didn't Mm -hmm. maybe this protected him from dying protected her no him she'll guard my heart he is giving the amulet to her and so, she is thereby also protecting him. But he died. Yeah, so, but maybe he didn't die. Maybe it's a literal, like, medical <laughs> thing. <laughs> or maybe heart, he means his romantic heart. Like, he poured his heart I'm into this. this. Literally, I try to be a Ravenclaw here. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I think it's metaphorical. He poured his metaphorical <laughs> heart into the necklace because it's hers and it belongs to her. And so by her having the necklace, he's always protecting her and his heart is always protecting her. Um, oh. And that way they can always be together. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Because <laughs> Ravenclaws think metaphorically too, Julia. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Literals for Gryffindors. Well, we got no Gryffindors around here. I'm just trying to represent. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, like, out of nowhere, Evelyn's like, does does this mean Jared's going to die for love and for me? I'm like, girl, this is confirmation bias if I have ever seen it. There is nothing that has happened that has will make you think Jared is willing to die for you, except for the fact that everyone says that he's going to die. So you're like, yep. oh, it must be because he loves me. Yep. She, like, is very self-centered. I just so. gotta say this. She is so caught up in herself. Like, not in a, an aware way. Like, she's, like, very proud of who she is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, she just thinks about herself all the time. And I think that's what annoys me so much about her is, like, she's... I'm like, I get, like, people are self-conscious, especially, like, over in chapter 16, we get way into that whole bit, but, like... So much. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you kind of have to 
disconnect and maybe this again this is the whole psychology thing like why is she a psychology major and she like needs a lot of help she needs a lot of help yeah no it's so true she's very self-conscious she's not very self-aware but she's very Mm self-deprecating and self-conscious and just selfish in a lot of ways so um it's exhausting to read sometimes but in some cases like we get real good breakthroughs with her that makes it worth it you know like she does amazing things get some more character development yeah we need more character development oh okay why does she was she says that she was terribly afraid of doing something wrong if we became more intimate like what do you think you're gonna do wrong like, do you think, do you just think you're going to be bad at sex? Do you think you're going to accidentally kill him by having sex with him? Like, what? I mean, the way he talks about being attracted to her and losing control, I'm like. They might die. It's going to be like the Twilight scenario. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it when we get into pop okay, culture. Okay, I have okay. so many Twilight thoughts for these chapters. <laughs> it's just, um. Oh, when he said, I love it when you leave your hair down, I just wrote, shut up, Jared. (laughs) I'm embarrassed for her when they talk about the motorcycle, and he's like, the Ducati? The Ducati! She's like, oh, you named (laughs) it? (laughs) Like, Evelyn, that's the... That's the brand of the motorcycle. I don't even know car and motorcycle names, and I know that one. Like, get with it, girl. Come on. Come on. I, uh, um, I, he didn't, I don't think he even, like, answers her. She, he's just like, okay, I'm gonna move on. Like, that's it. She just says, oh, you named it, and that's it. And they move on to, like, her putting the helmet on. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, we're, we're done with this conversation. Oh, my God. And, and then they meet Sally and Colin, and... Sally's like, last time we were here, I fell in love with you. And I was like, wait, wasn't that the first time you guys met? Did you fall in love with him at first sight? I wish I could hate how sickly sweet the two of you are, but I can't. You're so adorable. Yep. Oh, God. Um, And then when Jared is like, oh, I had to leave, or, and then he starts making out with her, I was just, I put a note that I was like, Jared, she would definitely have preferred you make out with her than disappear. Just saying, you guys would have saved yourselves a lot lot of heartache if you would have skipped to that part. And then I really liked the Manchester U guy. (laughs) Oh my god, that guy, like, he, that, he, yeah, he's my guy. We needed him. We, we needed him so much. Um, I, oh, he picks her up the next morning and he t- comments on how wonderful she smells. And I just put a note that said, Julia, I'm really sorry. They're I, still talking about smell. Like, I'm just blown away by this. The dogs. This is the dogs. They're, they're gonna, like, the third book or is this a trilogy? Eventually, maybe. So... At the end of the third book, the author is going to come out and be like, and then they woke up in their fuzzy, warm beds, and it turned out they were all just dogs. <laughs> like, that would make so much sense. They're not going to psychology class, they're going to training classes. 
to learn how to train themselves <laughs> as dogs. That's all I'm getting from this book. That's a stretch. <laughs> hey, it's YA. Anything can happen. <laughs> it's true, but it's much more likely that they would be werewolves than just dogs. No, they're just dogs. They're just dogs. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they make out, and Again. Jared talks more about losing control, and he's like, and we don't want lightning to strike us, and I, I, I mean, that'd be a fun plot twist. If lightning did strike <laughs> They just die. That's the end of the book. And then we get Sally and Colin for the rest of the book. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Um, preferable outcome. I mean, I'm also just... Most of my comments in the next couple of pages are just angry typing about Felix and how much I hate him. Yeah. Yep. Like, I don't I want his remorse. It's only going to make him feel better. It won't make Evelyn feel better. He hasn't it's suffered selfish. enough. Yeah, it's selfish. Justice hasn't been served. I, uh. But on the bright side, we have some character growth for Evelyn. Because she puts homework before a boy for the first I time. I know. I'm so proud of her. I am so proud of her. Yes. I, like, good job, girl. Good job. This so, is what, so proud. This is my psychology in life, right? That's not where I was going with this. This is my philosophy in life. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It's it homework before, before romance. Yeah. Yeah. Prioritize assignments over dates. Uh, I... Boys over flowers, more like assignments over boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, we also get some great unnecessary angst after she stops talking to Jared. Um, she Here's a great line. I swallowed with difficulty... When it became clear that I probably wouldn't survive should he ever leave me, my heart would probably stop beating. They've been dating a week. <sighs> like, children, no, you're not Romeo and Juliet. You'd be okay. It would never. Be- this is a shout out. Shout out. This is a warning. <laughs> I don't know. I can't talk. PSA. This is a PSA. There we go. That's it. This is a PSA. Please don't fall in love with people after like a week of knowing them on a personal level. That is nope. just weird. Super weird. And a red flag. Big red okay, flag. Thank you. You're going to be in a toxic relationship sooner yeah. than you know. Yes. It's not good. <laughs> Take your also, time. like, if you just let yourself fall in love that quickly, like, you admit to it, et cetera, et cetera, like, imagine how boring the rest of the relationship is going to be. I don't know. That's how my brain works. <laughs> like, <laughs> give yourself some time. Let it, like, fester for a yeah, bit. Yeah, let it ruminate, you know? Yeah. Really soak in. It's very important. I, okay, I want your thoughts on this because I want to know if we have different opinions. So she tries to pay... For their dinner downtown. Is this, this might be chapter 16 actually. 
Uh, I like. yes. this is chapter 16 um i'm going on to chapter 16 unless you have any yeah. more thoughts on chapter 15 <laughs> no i have nothing as i said i just like sleep slept walked i still can't say that word through the sleepwalked the chapter, so. thank you i don't know like where my grammar is i just spent like three hours looking over a paper so i'm i'm out okay. i'm checked out life's hard it's grad school's hard i get it um so okay so they go to dinner and Evelyn tries to pay, and he brushes her off. Now, I'm <laughs> I'm all for equal payment of things. Like, I I fully agree that people should be equal in partnerships, and that you should split the bill as and when makes sense, or like trade off on dates, whatever. However, there is a huge like, massive socioeconomic difference between Jared and Evelyn. Like, she can barely pay for her first year at college, and she still has three more years to go, and Jared is a cajillionaire. So, like, maybe she should save her money to make sure she can pay for college and just let him buy her dinner. Like, it's not a big deal. So, my thing with this is kind of, it's complicated. My thing is, like, no matter what, like, socioeconomically, blah, 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 on the first couple dates, like, maybe the first two or three dates, like, it has to be split evenly. Like, nobody owes anyone anything. You're just getting to know each other. Like, that, you're in the first stages of it. And then by, like, maybe the fourth or the fifth day, it's up to the person mostly who chooses the restaurant to like and then from there you can kind of decide like maybe it should still be even or maybe the person who chose the restaurant which in this case would be probably jared let's be honest like i don't think evelyn has any knowledge of any place to go um in which case yeah it should have been jared who paid yeah i i'm glad i don't i don't think that socioeconomically speaking (laughs) um jared should be the one who always pays um, or more frequent, frequently pays. It should be up to the person who decides where they're going. The person that has the say in the matter. Because if he picks a place that's, like, super expensive, she shouldn't have to offer to pay. No, just to, like, make a point. Um, I just, like, she doesn't have any money. And I want to make sure she graduates college. Well, there's an easy answer for this. Don't date. <laughs> that's not going to happen, Julia. <laughs> Hey, I did it through college. It works. Yeah, but... a lot of money. (laughs) I'm sure you do. I mean, I I did date all through college, but I still saved a lot of money. Yeah, you did. But my boyfriend just bought me a lot of ice cream, and I just accepted it. I can't do it. You know what he got paid with? My company. Lucky him. Yeah. I just... I can't... I can't do it. Like, even if somebody does, and, like, I was dating a guy who I'm pretty sure was making a lot more money than I was, um, but he, I, it, there's something about it, like, I just can't do it. I really cannot do it. Unless he's, like, pushing a place and it's expensive, which, like, this guy wasn't doing. Right. Um, I just, yeah, I morally cannot allow myself <laughs> to let a guy pay for me. <laughs> I don't like letting a guy pay for me 
when I'm casually dating. If I'm in a relationship, it doesn't bother me because I also know that, like, I'll take them out. See, I haven't gotten that far. Well, fair. So I think that's probably the difference is, like, I go back and forth um, when I'm, like, going on casual dates with guys because it's, like, if we're just going out for drinks or coffee, like, I'll pay for myself. It's not a big deal. If they, like, pick a place and, like, take me out for dinner and they want to pay – I'm not going to fight that hard. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, pay for dinner. I'll, um, I'll update once I'm in a serious relationship. <laughs> yeah, let it. Let me know your thoughts then. Because, like, I feel very different when I'm in a serious relationship, which I think they are. Um, and I remember when I was dating someone that was, like, way outside of my income bracket when I was still a student. Like, I let him pay for everything because he really wanted to and he had the money to. And I didn't have any money, so I was like, this works for all of us right now. Sugar baby. Yep, pretty much, but, like, not in a weird, creepy way. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the one time we, like, stopped at McDonald's to get something quick to eat, I snuck the bill. And I paid for it, because the McDonald's I could afford. So it's the gesture that matters. Plus, I made him some really nice, like, handmade birthday presents, that didn't cost me much That's money, yeah. but they were, like, very thoughtful. So it's, like, you can make up for it and things like that if you can't afford to pay for stuff. Um, which Evelyn can't afford anything, so. <laughs> she can't even afford to go to class. Oh, Evelyn. Okay, and then we get into her whole self-deprecation problem. And she just, like, starts saying all this stuff about herself that is, like, I don't think is true. She's like, people thought I was ill or hadn't slept for several nights. And I was like, who thought that? Who? You don't talk to anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, this is my, like, going back again to this whole self-conscious thing. Like, I can understand when people have anxieties about the way that they look. But, like, I, I, where is she coming from with this? Like, who her? hasn't talked to anyone we have no backstory on her being bullied in that kind of a way like usually you grow anxious about your appearance from stuff like that right right she's projecting from somewhere even though we don't really know where it is and I also she also talks about how like people didn't really express interest in her before Jared and I don't think that that's actually true like she in the same breath she's like oh well a few people have asked you know to go on dates because of my long blonde hair blah 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 and I was like what (laughs) like literally in the same page I'm pretty sure yeah it's I the reason that no one like actually got anywhere with her is because she isolated herself in high school and she didn't make friends with other people her own age so it's like no wonder you haven't had any experience Evelyn because you were a loner like off in the corner which is fine, but, like, don't blame other people for yeah. your lack of experience when yeah. you've made yourself that way. Exactly. Be aware, like me, that you have pushed everyone away. <laughs> and it will feel a lot better. <laughs> Being self-aware does make you feel better. It's true. I mean, the way that you twist this is just say that you know your self-worth and then nobody will question you and be annoyed by you. And then you also don't feel weird when you find out that your boyfriend has had sex with other people, which is not a big deal for a 21-year-old boy. (laughs) No. 
to have slept with other people before he knew you existed. I was also just talking about this with people, which is what's so funny. Literally, like, two days ago, I was texting some people about this. Like, when, like, you talk about body count, etc. And, like, they asked me, because apparently I'm known to be the one with the least amount of experience in this area. And I was like, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Like, nobody should care your body count. Like, it's... We're not murdering people! And everyone's different in the way that they treat relationships. And, like, Jared does have a right to say, like, they didn't really matter and now you matter. Like, yeah, that happens to people. (laughs) Is he trustworthy? Maybe not. But, like, I don't know him that well. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's just absolutely ridiculous that, like, he's 21 years old and, again, had no idea she existed. That this, like, faded love of his existed at all no one told him until she showed up on campus and is he just not supposed to like find or try to find love and like date by 20 like that's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous standard that her insecurities are putting up and it just really irritates me I also feel after like their conversation I feel really bad for Madison yeah. Like, it now all makes sense that she was basically in love with a guy and thought his feelings were being returned because he slept with her and gave her that, like, emotional bond and then basically turned his back on her. <gasps> I have a pop culture reference. I'll bring it up later. <laughs> okay. But, like... You, like, he finally, after all this time that you've been longing after him, right, he finally decides to sleep with you and then just immediately writes it off as a mistake and pretends like it didn't happen and you're just sitting there within your feelings having to spend your entire life protecting him because you've, like, committed to this order and you don't get what you want. Like, that's a shitty spot to be in. I don't blame her for being a bitch. This is why I'm still saying, I mean, like, Madison annoys me. She shouldn't have done that whole Nicholas move. Like, that was really, really terrible of her. But, like, at the very beginning, this is what I was saying. I was like, I'm really hoping that she has this sort of, like, comeback where she turns out to be a better person. Like, I am rooting for her. (laughs) And, like, it's just proving my point. Like, we're rooting for her. Yeah, once we finally get that redemption backstory, it's very important. I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) And, uh... I just, um, I got really angry about, um, Evelyn getting all grumpy about him and Madison, like, sleeping together, and how she, like, wants to start crying, and it's just all over the place. Like, Evelyn, virginity is a- therapist. She really does. Also, virginity is a made-up concept to shame people (laughs) who are having sex. Like, this doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. Um, Whether or not he slept with someone else has no bearing on whether or not he wants to sleep with you. Or how that experience will be for you, too. If he really likes you, he's gonna stick around. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Like, this is my thing all the time with these relationships. Not to get all, like, preach here, but, like... If you're worried about what a guy thinks of something that you're doing, like, that he's going to go away because of it, like, virginity or, or, like, you can't kiss or whatever, like, 
those are like basically like material things like right you know like if he's not gonna like it then he's just not worth having around <laughs> Like, I don't understand this whole way of thinking where, like, I have to perfect myself to, like, fit this guy's standards. Like, no. No. Like, if he's going to like you, he's going to like you for, like, being you, you know? Exactly. And then I got really angry because he really kind of figures out that she's a virgin and is, like, happy about it. And I got so so angry. I was like, no, no, no. We don't praise women for being virgins. They virgins do not inherently have more value than women who You're have not had gonna, sex. Like, deflower her and add her to some list. Like, uh, uh. she's not better because she hasn't slept with other guys. Just like yeah. you're not worse because you have slept with other women. Like, you are both people. Just with different life experiences. The differences do not make you better or worse than one another. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Makes me angry. Then they have their whole overleaf flirty moment where he presses up against her. Oh, my God. I, like, that came out of nowhere. I was like, he's trying to leave, and then he presses against her, and I was like, whoa, can you just leave? (laughs) Hello? Oh, God. Oh, God. The, uh, the two of them. Most of this podcast is just groans at this point. So I'm really yeah. sorry for everyone. Also, I'm sorry to our future selves for having to edit this. We are really ragging on these two two we, chapters. We are. But, like, I think for the most part, the two of them together are better. I just need them to have sex so they can get over this whole little <laughs> hurdle thing that they're stuck in I right just now. need them to, like, stop being... 15 year olds in love for the first time right they need to act their age please um and then like out of nowhere we jump to rotting flesh like in the words of anchorman well that escalated quickly Mm -hmm. i just uh, 16 was like two chapters in one but like a very short two chapters it really was one short chapter yeah, it, it really, really was. I, I also don't really like the description of this thing. Like, I know what these things are, so I'm not going to spoil it. But I don't like it. I don't like how the bad, evil thing has to inherently be ugly. Like, it's one thing to make it, like, mm-hmm. fantastically ugly. You know, like, add bat wings or, like, other crazy embellishments that you know that it's clearly not human but to just make it look like somebody that's been in a really bad accident and have that be inherently evil i think is really problematic yeah i agree i agree but what do you think it is what do you think attacked her oh like one of the minions from morgana 100 percent a hundred percent. I mean, like, I think I feel good about guessing this one because we were just <laughs> talking about Morgana and how, like, the necklace isn't there to protect her anymore. Like, it just makes sense. So, um, clearly Morgana is up to something and I'm very excited to meet her. Morgan. 
<laughs> our good friend Morgan. Um, our good friend Morgan. <laughs> unfortunately, she's absolutely nothing like the Morgana um, in BBC Merlin. Ah, uh, BBC Merlin had such a good Morgana. I know. <laughs> I love her. Uh, anyways, should we get into pop culture? Yes. I don't actually have that much, so I don't know why I was so enthusiastic about that. (laughs) Anyway, you start, you start. I'm sure you have some good ones. I have a lot, um, per usual. So, uh, God, I have so many Twilight references. I'm just gonna, they'll be kind of scattered in here as and when we go. Um, so Jared being all suggestive about the bed in Evelyn's room and like it almost seeming like something is going to happen between them and then all of a sudden he just starts like looking at pictures and completely devolves it again so twilight like from um there's that scene in eclipse where Bella has to stay over at the Collins and they put a bed in Edward's room and she's like a bed and he's like yeah a bed and like flirts with her so she thinks they're gonna have sex and he's like just kidding no I'm not gonna do that with you until we're married <laughs> I don't know why but this reminded me of oh, that God. So I rewatched Eclipse the other day it's still very weird that like Edward was like I have old-fashioned values <laughs> you know I don't is Eclipse the third one yeah okay yeah I haven't seen that I don't even remember reading about that. <laughs> it's been so long. That's that's the night that she agrees to marry him. Okay. He's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's been like ten years since I read these, so maybe I should reread them for all the references that we're making. Probably. I mean, Probably. well, I did, so I finished Midnight Sun, and then I went on a little Twilight movie marathon. After watching, mm. after reading Midnight Sun, because I was just, like, in the mood. Like, every, it happens about once every 18 months. I just get in a Twilight mood, and I need to rewatch all the movies. I don't I know why. Me with, with Pride and Precious. It's also me with Harry Potter. <laughs> that too. Oh, goodness. Um, okay. I also, I don't know, I, I think it's the taxi, but I just kind of imagine Ruth being, like, an older version of Phoebe from Friends. <laughs> you know what? That actually makes sense to me. Did not think of her like that, but that makes sense to me. Because yeah. she, like, has her the taxi and she just, like, drives it around and is kind of this, like, kooky person, like, just off doing her own thing. And I was like, yeah, that feels like Phoebe. That's so funny. I was also just watching Friends bloopers last night. I even make that connection, but it makes 100% sense. Mm. Wow, good one, good one. Thank you, thanks. Um, okay, so also with all of the crap that she tells Ruth and is like just spilling all the secrets of this secret society that she shouldn't be spilling, it really reminded me of the show The Order, which I know I've mentioned a few times on the pod. Um, but there are I feel always like I need to watch it. You should. I think you would like it. I do. It's like not amazing, but it's cute, like a normal cutesy ya drama Mm. with cute people so i recommend it um but everyone in that show is always telling people things who are like outside of the secret society or who were in the secret society but are now out like there's the alliances are always changing so they're always having to erase people's memories (laughs) 
for like knowing things that they shouldn't and they use this like magic powder to make people forget um so that they don't blab anything and it just really reminded me of her telling all this stuff to Ruth but like wanting to keep Ruth's identity secret so that nothing could happen to her because I imagine they have some secret powder that they could make Ruth forget what happened or they would just kill her but I would hope for the first one (laughs) um and then okay the nymphs from the books were interesting to me. Like, the way that they described them didn't feel super, like, kind of felt feminine, but not, like, super, super feminine in the way that I'm used to nymphs being described. Um, So they almost felt like a cross between two different pop culture references. So the first one is, like, the super, super feminine nymphs from, like, Greek mythology. So, like, obviously, you know, I read a bajillion Percy Jackson books, and they talk about, like, the different nymphs and, like, sea creatures and other things in those books where they're, like, super feminine and giggly and, like, la-di-da-di-da happy about everything. But then I also was, like, thinking about The Tempest from Shakespeare. Yeah, that's my immediate relation yeah and like the woodland spirits and like ariel and how like almost like warlike they were so the the nymphs in avalon felt like a cross between those two like not quite on either end of the spectrum but like somewhere in the middle Mm. and i love nymphs anyways uh also percy jackson related evelyn's little ravenclaw process to try to figure out what the prophecy means I'm, like, trying to break it down line by line is so reminiscent of the kids every time they get a new prophecy in one of the Percy Jackson books. Because <laughs> before they go on their quest, they're like, but what does the quest mean? <laughs> and they always try to break it down, and it cracks me up. When talking about motorcycles, she's like, oh, you're like Batman. I'm like, why would Batman be the first superhero you jump to? with a motorcycle i don't get it because i feel like there are much more iconic superheroes like who so wonder woman always drives a motorcycle actually she's been driving a motorcycle longer than batman um robin instead of batman is more motorcycle because robin will be on his little motorcycle and batman will be in the batmobile captain america and black widow both drive a lot of motorcycles all the time deadpool also motorcycle kind of guy like batman's just not who i associate with motorcycles because he drives the batmobile like i know he drives motorcycles in some iterations so like if you're a batman fan don't come at me but like i just don't think that that's the most popular superhero see i think of motorcycles and i think of tron (laughs) (laughs) i literally don't know anything about like motorcycles and superheroes I know, because, like, you know me. I don't, I'm not really into any of the Marvel or DC movies, except for, like, Spider-Man and Captain Marvel. And, like, in Captain Marvel, she does ride a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all I know. (laughs) So, I like, I'm kind of on Evelyn's side with that. Like, yeah, Batman. (laughs) Although I'd be more like, yeah, Captain Marvel. (laughs) You would not compare your boyfriend to Captain Marvel. (laughs) Oh no, I'm I'm wild. <laughs> I don't think that I would bring it up in the first place, so it oh, right. wouldn't be a problem. You just be like, oh yeah, Ducati, cool. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. 
But also speaking of the motorcycles, Evelyn gets like a huge rush from riding the motorcycles. And that just reminded me of Bella on the dirt bikes and how she kept yeah. like riding the dirt bikes to like see Edward while she was having an adrenaline. <laughs> oh, God. New Moon. What a time. The, the movie version of that was hilarious where they would just have smoke Edward like popping that was the last movie that I saw in the Twilight franchise was New Moon. That's really Fun sad fact. because the I rest, know. they just keep getting better. I think that's what I was afraid of. <laughs> you don't want to love them? Uh, well, yeah, I won't get into it. I, when did the Mortal Instruments movie came out? Because I think that kind of reading the books replaced Twilight for me. I don't know. They're not mutually exclusive. You can love both they of them. They were apparently for me. Because <laughs> I think it was like when I started reading the Mortal Instruments that Twilight kind of archived itself in my brain. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, my school was so big on Twilight until all the movies came out. Well, Mortal Instruments was never a thing. So. Uh, Oh, dang. Um, okay, we're gonna, this isn't even pop, I mean, Tempest wasn't really pop culture, and neither is this, but it's culture. But Jared's toast, where he's like, uh, a love that surpasses death, or whatever it was, <sighs> my brain was just like, oh my god, Heathcliff and Kathy, or in Wuthering yeah. Heights. Oh my god, that is really not, not at all. Culture, but yes. But am I wrong? Because, like, that's the whole point of that book, is, like, no. their entire love story just transcends death. And then I just got really meta and, like, into my brain with writing my notes for this. But it's, like, thinking about how people fall in love and, like, how they interpret love. Like, do you really want your love to transcend death? Do you, did, Does your love pick up in an afterlife or... Are you haunting the person that you leave behind? Are either of those better or worse than if you're just making the most of your time on Earth? Like, I don't know. But in, yeah. uh, I wouldn't want to end up in a Wuthering Heights situation where you end up haunting the person you're supposed to be in love with just to make them miserable until they die. Yeah. Which, if I know that's not really what Wuthering Heights is about, so please don't at me. <laughs> It's just how I read it. Um, and then Twilight to end with their kissing and like uh, the losing control while they're kissing thing. It's like because I just finished Midnight Sun and I'm used to reading it from Edward's perspective. Now, like I can really see how Jared could, like, lose control and, like, something really bad could happen because I, I do think Stephanie Meyer did a good job explaining that in Midnight Sun, even though Midnight Sun was a dumpster fire. Um, but now I just really want to read Eclipse from Edward's point of view because <laughs> that was going to be even worse because that's when she's trying to pick if she wants Edward or Jacob. <laughs> Oh. And I need to read that from his point of view. Um, so if anyone has a good fan fiction for Eclipse from Edward's point of view that they can send my way, please do. Why don't you write it? You write it. I, I'm not I'm not in the right mental headspace to be that melodramatic. 
Plus, I still need to finish my uh, never gonna be finished Princess Diaries. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm waiting over here. You have one reader who's waiting. <laughs> Julian, would you even know how to find that? That story I know again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could publish 12 more chapters and you'd have no idea. <laughs> no, you would link me. You would link I, me. I would I tell you. you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um. So that's all I had for chapter 15. I mean, that was a lot. But anything else to add? I had one which wasn't pop culture really, but in for Ruth... She just reminds me so much of the professor who takes the kids in in Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. And, like, mm. we learn, I think, later on in the book that he knows more about Narnia than he lets on. But it's mm-hmm. this, like, whole thing about, like, and, that, I, like, for me, like, Ruth is, like, I guess now a cross between Phoebe and a really old man. <laughs> but, like, just, like, this old studious like type who like has read up a lot and like is just so passionate like i still don't think ruth is a bad character and maybe this is me making another bad assumption but like it's just a character like the professor who is so interested in this other like world that Mm -hmm. he knows or she knows nothing about and wants to know more about like just has this like desire to keep learning and hearing stories about that world yeah and like maybe would like to go into that world but doesn't really have a connection now or in the professor's case anymore um i don't know she just reminds reminds me a lot of the professor which i like because i really liked the professor um i think <laughs> it's been a few years but fair um, well i mean and that's also reminiscent of like i think i made this pop culture reference a couple of episodes ago but like she's very reminiscent of like the gates family in National mm-hmm. Treasure, because she's, like, on the outside looking in, yeah. wanting to be a part of the big puzzle, and then getting I've herself involved. i Treasure. Julia! I know, I know. You need to remedy that. I'm saying, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it's the best movie ever created. You need to watch it on Disney+. Plus. Okay. That's, like, not an optional suggestion. <laughs> okay. I, I have to watch Atlantis first, and then I'll watch that. You've never seen Atlantis? No, I have, but I okay. just really want to watch it right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I was feeling that way about Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean last night. I watched that last night while I went to bed. <laughs> oh, oh, my childhood movies. True. National Treasure is one of my favorites, though. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's the only Nick Cage movie I actually enjoy. <laughs> um. Okay, for chapter 16, I tangented a lot in my one comment that I had. Um, Evelyn, like, feeling really ugly next to Jared just felt, again, very reminiscent of Bella from Twilight, feeling like she doesn't deserve this, like, superhuman man who's next to her, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it just made me so angry because, like, girl, you clearly have, like, traits that people are interested in. Otherwise, Felix wouldn't have been doting on you for weeks like, Jared wouldn't be all over you. Like, clearly, you're desirable, so <gasps> shut up. Wait, irrelevant, but is Felix going to become one of Morgana's? I don't know why this just popped in my head, but is Felix going to become one of Morgana's, like, people? We'll have to see. <gasps> I think that would be a brilliant move on the other's part. Okay, go on. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> me making a bad assumption again. Okay, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> um, so, anyways, it also, I was like, mm, you know what song fits this situation well? You don't know you're beautiful from One Direction. Because oh. this is bullshit, Evelyn. <laughs> That's your theme song. It That's really theme is. Song um, and just in general, like I'm so over this trope of like women not realizing their worth and yeah, like yeah, comparing yeah. themselves to the men that they're in love with because in both cases they're biased. Like they're yeah. biased in their views of themselves yeah. because they have like self deprecating issues and they're biased in their views of the men that they're in love with because they're in love with them. Yep. So it's just that's uh, the worst kind of comparison you can make. Princess Mia does it a lot too in like Princess Diaries with like comparing herself to Michael yep. and how she's like not good enough for him. And it's just it makes me angry as an adult reading it. Like I definitely related to it as a teenager, but now it just makes me extremely angry. What? I think that's funny that you say that because I feel like as a teenager I didn't care as much about that. Like, I cared more about, like, you know, I don't know what I cared about as a teenager, but, like, I think I'm more aware. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'm more aware of, like, my looks compared to somebody else's looks now. Not in a negative way, like, like Mia and Evelyn do, but, like, Mm -hmm. just, I'm just generally more aware of it. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, kind of, like, where you stand. Like, if somebody is really hot, like, I'm definitely not going to go for them because I'm pretty sure they're just going to go for somebody who is equally as hot. And, like, that's not a negative thing. It's just a self-awareness kind of assessment. Right. We know where we're at on the scale and we've accepted it and we're okay with it. That's the important thing is, like, we're okay with where we're at on the scale. She is not Evelyn is not okay with (laughs) And, like, that's the thing is, like, if you're gonna be with somebody you're always comparing yourself to and I guess that's like where I'm coming from like if you're gonna be with somebody who's like really hot and you consider to be way hotter than you then don't go for it like you're just gonna be self-conscious for the rest of your life you know we need more Lizzie Bennett's in literature and if a man comments that you're not up to his standard you just say fuck you (laughs) bye and then turn down his first marriage proposal. Like, this is why Pride and Prejudice works, because it's yep. about a self-assured woman, and we need more of that. Yeah, I, th- thank you, thank you, tattoo that on my arm, <laughs> now. <laughs> what, hashtag more self- self-assured women? Yes. <laughs> Your mother would kill me. <laughs> yeah, she would. I can't even get a Bob Dylan tattoo without her judging me. <laughs> she likes Bob Dylan, so... Again, hi, Alice. If you're still listening, I won't hi, let Mom. Julia get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, though, when Bob Dylan dies, I'm getting a tattoo. You heard it here first. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Any other pop culture references for Chapter 16? Oh, yes. You made me think of this, actually. Um, oh, are you done with yours? I am. I only had one. Oh, okay, okay. I have. I think I have one and a half. Okay. Um, the first one doesn't really count. It was another, like, comp- character comparison. Like, for some reason, when I first started reading the description of the character or the creature, um, the immediate 
thought that and I think it's because I just rewatched this the other day was the witch of the waste from Howl's Moving Castle I don't know why I like and maybe it's just because like, I think it was like the, the black cloak and like turns around it reminded me of that scene where Sophie is like in the hat shop for the first time meeting her mm-hmm. and like she's scary she has the black cloak like she's super dark you can't really make out and she has like warts and stuff on her face yeah um I don't know that was like the first image that I'm having trouble like separating that because like clearly that's not the image that the author is trying to get across Mm -hmm. but like now that creature is just the witch of the waste (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) like that's it i um i kind of imagine the creature like a cross between the creature from the goonies and freddy krueger yeah, yeah, I think that's a little bit more accurate than The Witch of the Way. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, probably. I, I think The Goonies is more of, like, where I should be going with the, the image in my mind. But The Goonies is just, like, disfiguration and not all the scarring, and so that's why I add Freddy Krueger, because, like, it almost it seems the like these creatures have all those, like, burn scars, like something and really bad And she does happened. call the creature Scarface, which, why did she name it? <laughs> but, okay. Evelyn likes her pets, you know. (laughs) And after a movie, Evelyn is not seen Scarface. Like, let's be real. She, she, she. All she knows is Batman. Come on. She doesn't even know Batman. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said Batman. Um, and then my other reference was, and you brought this to mind, is Scam. I know you haven't watched all of the season with where this happens, so. gonna spoil it for you um although i guess it's kind of like boys over flowers again where like you have um no not really it's actually just scam sorry um it's a sort of half love triangle thing where you have in scam this one girl who's really in love with this hawk guy and the hawk guy sleeps with her and so the girl falls in love the hawk guy does not fall in love and the hawk guy turns around and immediately and then it's Scam's case, he immediately starts hitting on this girl's best friend. <laughs> so that's just an added toxic element, which I don't want to talk about because I love Scam, but it's it's problematic. And at least in this case, Madison and Evelyn are not friends, but it's still this whole like turning around and being like, I like slept with this girl, didn't want a relationship with her, but I want a relationship with you. Like it's just it's bad. It's not good. Like, is it fun to read and watch sure? Like, yeah, but yeah. that's fair yeah. no i think scam is a good comparison also that's not even spoiling because i've seen that many episodes where that oh. happens <laughs> i forgot i don't like i've watched it so many more times since we we watched it together so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no i think the last episode you and i left off on was the one where um she slept over at his house after the party oh yeah yeah, yeah. so like there was clearly <laughs> tension But for Jared and Scam's William, um, neither of them sleep with the girl right away, which good, good, basic decency. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like how low of the decency score can you get? (laughs) Seriously, it's so bad. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, speaking though, this has nothing to do with this book. But speaking of Howl's Moving Castle, I mean, you probably saw this on my TikTok. But can we just talk about Howl and Nathaniel from Sorcery of Thorns are, like, the same character? Yes, they are. I think that's why I love that book so much is I'm so needy for anything with, like, 
I don't think I made that connection, but now you're you're making it make sense in my head. Like I'm so needy for anything that's howl like. Yeah, I love like, howl. He is my like the next to Mr. Darcy, my ultimate fictional character. He is up there. I think he would definitely make. Well, so here's the thing. I actually like Nathaniel more than him, I think, because I think we just get more character. Because I haven't read the book, Howl's Moving Castle. I've only seen the Miyazaki movie. So I may feel different once I read the book, but mm. I Nathaniel's character is a little bit more sassy um, and sarcastic than Howl, like just a little <laughs> bit. So I prefer yeah, that. He's so good. I know. <laughs> um, so I would say like Nathaniel instead of Howl would probably make my top five of like fictional characters. Uh, Michael Moskovitz is also on that. Yeah, Michael Moskovitz. Come on, everyone loves Michael Moskovitz. How can you not love Michael Moskovitz? I'm, he's the I'm perfect still... character. So sour at Princess Diaries too. As much as I love that movie, the fact that they didn't bring back Michael Moskovitz and had her falling in love with someone else—like, I'm sorry. I mean, even Who if it is Chris Pine, still, I mean, like, still, that's the why I'm like not super mad at them, but like, come on. Well, that's the thing that's frustrating is because when they eventually make a Princess Diaries three, it's gonna be Mia married to Chris Pine. I don't want to watch it. I love Chris Pine, but I don't want to watch that. I'm like That's wrong. It's AU. It's not. It's fan fiction. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I wonder because you know how like the first two Percy Jackson books were really, or the first two Percy Jackson movies were like not good, um, and now they're making a Disney Plus live action show for Percy mm. Jackson. Could they do that for Princess Diaries and make it but a TV show? But who is show? going to play the queen? Nobody can do the queen like Julie Andrews. But the queen from the books is not Julie Andrews. Grunmare is a bitch. Yeah, but I don't want them to replace her. <laughs> I don't want, like, I want that character in a remake. But that wouldn't do the books justice, like, if we actually went through the books. Because her being a horrible person is, like, integral to the plot of the books. Because also remember, her dad's still alive. So you get that, like, calming presence from her dad. Not her grandma. It's true. I just really want the books uh, to be real. Uh, I have complicated feelings. And then feelings. we get to meet people like Kenny and JP, like Mia's other boyfriends. Like, yeah. We yeah. get to meet Tina Hakeem Baba. I want Tina in my life. And the bodyguards. I, I do. Lars, but like I, I still want Julie Andrews and like Raven in there. <laughs> Can I get <laughs> that? <laughs> I mean, Raven would be hard because she's yeah. like an adult, adult now. <laughs> she could be the one of the teachers at the school, maybe. Okay. Oh, but then we also need Gupta. But played by oh my god, my couldn't it not still name. be Sandro? I need Sandro O to play Gupta again, or I can't watch it. Though really, shouldn't Principal Gupta be like Indian? I don't know, probably. <laughs> but like it's Sandra O, I know can't any better than that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like <laughs> it, it, it all ends with Sandra O, Julie Andrews, and Raven for me. That's it. That's I'm done. <laughs> it's like not 
relevant to the plot at all. It's not. That's my problem. <laughs> okay, we're on a tangent. We're on we a really tangent. We really are. So, those are all of our pop culture references. Um, so, let's move on to talking about our MVPs of the week. Okay, you go first, because I feel like I always steal them from you. Yeah, just a little bit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with the drunk Manchester United guy, which we <laughs> talked about earlier, but I think we just really needed that moment of levity levity to, like, shut Jared up from being in his yeah. feelings. Um, yeah. And I just... I wasn't expecting it. It's not something that this author has done. Like, comic relief has not really been her thing in this book. Mm-mm. And I was just so pleasantly surprised that I actually laughed out loud when it happened. And I loved him. So, yeah. MVP goes to the man you guy. Good. What about you? Ah, uh, I don't know because I want to do that one. But I think I'm going to go with... A s- it's between Sally and a very, very tentative Ruth. I'm, like, tentative because the fact that Evelyn was, like, just pouring her heart and soul about everything to Ruth without really being able to trust her was kind of annoying. But, like, I somehow feel like I understand it at the same time. And the fact that Ruth was willing to talk and, well, not just, like, listen, but, like, talk and, like, give her advice. Well, not advice, but, like, information, which Evelyn took kind of as advice in an indirect way um I think was really almost therapeutic like she really needs somebody that she can just vent to because I think and the reason like my MVP would be Sally is because Sally's such a good friend but then Sally presents this issue um where she's dating Colin who is also wrapped up in all of this stuff so I think that Evelyn probably can't feel like she can talk to Sally in the same way, like, very candidly. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's between both of them because Sally presents this very friend figure who's there for a very blunt and honest, which she needs. Um, but then Ruth is that figure that she can just talk to. Yeah, I would edge out for Sally just because she got something this chapter and I'm really happy for her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh boy. She's but that's so good. that's a fair back and forth. I I get that. Um okay, how would you rate these two chapters? And if you have to do them as two separate things, I completely understand. <laughs> Cuz they are very different drinks in my mind. Yeah, so I'm gonna because 15 I literally like I cannot even tell you. I said this 20 times, but I just I felt like sleeping through this chapter like there's a lot going on and it feels like it almost should have been broken up into a couple different chapters just because of the amount of stuff um so I'm gonna rate it like probably a five out of ten it was disappointing and then uh for 16 I would rate it more of a like seven out of ten we're like I'm very confused about what's going on and like kind of annoyed by Jared but like okay we get some action at the end but not the action that we wanted um or we thought we were getting I guess we should say I don't know if we wanted that (laughs) (laughs) um but 
I'm also drinking this really cheap Prosecco and I feel like my drinking with this Prosecco has gone as up and down as these chapters have. Mm. And the Prosecco I am rating a solid 6 out of 10, which is in between both of these chapters. So if we want to take the average, it is a 6 out of 10 cheap Prosecco (laughs) where it's like it's very grating the two chapters you start off where you're like okay i'm ready for this let's go and then by the end of it you are like ready for bed you do not know what you've been through you just want to go to sleep and wake up to something better that's true i feel like so along the same lines but slightly different alcohols i feel like chapter 15 was like a chardonnay glass of chardonnay to me because you know i don't like chardonnay (laughs) whoa (laughs) yeah i hate chardonnay i get that and i was just like okay i like want alcohol so i'm gonna keep drinking this but like oh my god this is like not going down smoothly like it's taking me forever and then chapter 16 felt like a shot of absinthe like you it went in you were expecting one thing and then at the end you're like wait what just happened Did I get transported to a different realm? What's going on? See, I wouldn't even be able to rate anything as a Chardonnay because I don't even drink Chardonnay. Like, I will pick up the glass and put it back down. So I wouldn't have even gone through chapter 15. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Yeah, chapter 16 is like a full-on train wreck. Ish. (laughs) Like, you are like, whoa. (laughs) So much whiplash. My... Oh my, oh my god, my head was just like hurting after chapter 16. Yeah. Um all right. So, that brings us to the end. Um for those of you who are just now tuning in, you should go back and listen to the rest of the episodes where we talk about the first 14 chapters of this book. If you're coming in now, you're probably very confused. Um, so recommend going back and listening to those. Or if you email me, I will give you a summary of what's happened in the book so far. Um, and you can also follow us on our social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at at unnecessary angst pod on twitter at at unangst pod uh and you can send us an email um if you have longer thoughts that you want to share about the book thoughts about our upcoming book which we'll release on social media probably in the next week or two just so people can start prepping um or just like send us general thoughts or questions or ask for book recommendations i'm always happy to provide book recommendations as julia can attest to um so you can email us at yeah. unnecessary <laughs> angst- too many <laughs> yeah seriously you can email us email us at unnecessary at gmail.com um and as always you can always find the podcast on various apps apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher Um, if you can't find our podcast on your favorite podcasting app, just email us and we'll figure out how to get it there or how to send it to you that way. Um, and we're looking forward to finally having the podcast be live and you guys hearing all the episodes. So talk to you next time when we talk about chapters 17 and 18 next week. Hope you all have a lovely week ahead of you. 